Everybody and welcome to this week's episode of South Burb Sitman. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mandel, and I'm joined as always by my White Sox brother in arms. I'm talking about Vinny Parisi. Our other White Sox brother, Stephen Zim Zimmerman, will be joining us later as he is busy with some other stuff, but he'll make time for us. You know, I guess we'll have to do for him coming on later. But Vin, we got a hell of a guest tonight, bud. Yes, we sure do. Um, one of my very favorite. Um, White Sox follows on Twitter for a long time was from the 108, the 108 crew, Beefloaf, My Sox Summer, and Cherizi. Um, They've just been putting out good content for years now. And through some bad years of White Sox baseball, through some fun years of White Sox baseball, I often say 2021, despite how it kind of turned out, it was one of the funnest years ever. Um, you know, as Gabe points out in the chat, 108 and you have some beers in section 108, you have a good time. And then I got to know them a little bit. I went on their Festivus show two years ago and they included me in the 108 tournament this year. And I, I thought it'd be a great idea to start having those guys on every now and again. And Beefloaf himself, Mr. Delicious, he certainly is delicious. You know, it's just the Twitter content. It's just been so fun for all these years. So I, I'm looking forward to this. He is magically delicious, and that's right. We have Beef Loaf in the house from the 108, and, I mean, he's here with us finally. It's been a long time coming, and Beef, we can't thank you enough for joining us. You're a very busy man. Oh, thank you, guys. I mean, I, Vinny and I have been trying to hook this up for a while, and I know Vinny's got some other shows, and he's like, Beef, can you come out at, like, 3 in the afternoon on a Thursday? And I'm like, damn, no. I work. <laughs> I'm a working stiff, man. I'm gonna, I got me debits too, and credits to make, you know, I, I, so I couldn't do it or whatever, and then finally he hits me up recently. He's like, all right, let's 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 throw down. Let's do it tonight. So, but I'm looking forward to having this conversation with you boys for quite a while now. Hell yeah, man! We're we're pumped up about it. And and as my buddy and our buddy Gabe in the chat points out, Gabe says that you and I are the biggest Jake Berger truthers out there. Way of up there. It, of course, it comes after a week where he batted 91 batting average, <laughs> two for 22 with a walk and eight strikeouts. But nonetheless. 
We are the original Jake Berger truthers. You got to understand there's going to be a little volatility with the whole Jake Berger thing, right? When he's smashing a bunch of home runs, the downside of it, there's going to be a bunch of strikeouts in there too. You just got to live with all that. You got to live with the entire Jake Berger experience. And I, I wrote the start of the year from the 108.com. I was worried the Sox would waste him. And then the season starts. He's not on the roster. They're rostering yeah. Hanser Alberto and, and Romy uh, Gonzalez and all these goofs. And he's not there. And then when they're forced to use him, yeah, it hits the daylights out of the ball. So it kind of sh- kind of showing them to be smart and showing them uh, to be dumb. Uh, you know, the home run's dumb, but the smart part is like you mentioned, Joe. I mean, he's been a strikeout machine. He's he he can't take a walk, and he's swinging at everything these days. Beef, yeah, really we, quick before we get into like, sorry, Joe, do you want to finish your thought really quick? Just it was one quick thought. I so said last week we had the the president of Spinball Sports on who created the eye pitch, and they talked about oh, the eye nice. pitch. And, and I blame the strikeouts on that because it looks like it's incredibly <laughs> hard to hit. <laughs> I right, agree. They it, need man. to update the software. He was hitting good off at the beginning of the year. Maybe it needs an update. Maybe it's a hard reset. I'm not sure. Exactly. Yeah, they need to turn it off and turn it back on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but if I've been wanting to know, and I, like, I feel like I somewhat know the answer to this, but there are definitely some people here who are probably new, don't know what the whole 108 experience. If you're not on Twitter, you probably, you know, it definitely grows from White Sox Twitter. Where yeah. did that whole thing kind of – when did you realize, like, oh, we're just a couple guys sitting in Section 108 drinking beers every day, watching the Sox. You know, they stink most of the time. I mean, they're good one-off year every now and then. But, you know, when, when did it turn into what it has become right now? You know, it's, it's funny. When we decided to actually start putting forth and doing content was like – end of 2015, like beginning of 2016 season. And the impetus really was just that my brother and I, uh, Treasy, we had been, we, we've uh, been involved in certain side hustles. We were actually betting sports for a while and making probably like half of our income betting sports nice. and when it was offshore, not when it was here. The opportunities aren't as good now that it's onshore. When it was offshore, there were a lot of great opportunities. So we were doing that for years. Eventually our stuff started drying up. We just didn't have as many opportunities there. We calmed down with doing a side hustle, but we were always White Sox fans. We we got our first season ticket package in 2008, and that was a division-winning team. Uh, that was the year they traded for Nick Swisher, and then he bottomed out, and they ended uh-huh. up trading him off of that team. But but that was a that was the that was the year Carlos Quinton came out of nowhere, and, and you thought he was going to win MVP until he broke his hand. We got season tickets that year, and as we started going to games starting in in 08 and and on. Section 108, which was the cheapest, like lower level, those those corner lower corners are the cheapest ones in the stadium. Exactly. And what would happen is our friends would congregate there. If people were at a game, we'd all meet up there because if we open seats, no one wants to sit in the shitty seat behind the goddamn foul pole, right? So it started to become like a little party section there. And so we got the idea along with my sex summer. We had, we met during that journey somewhere around 2013 or 14. We started becoming friends with him. We thought, what if we just brought the fun that is in the ballpark out there to, uh, you know, to like a blog. And we, so we started off with just a blog. We had the Twitter account as we got going a little bit, we were like, we need some, uh, different content and we're sitting in my backyard and my sex number's like, dude, you got a hot tub, man. No one does a show in a hot tub. No one does, you know, sit in here and we do videos. So we started the Sunday. So we never wanted to podcast or anything. We just thought this is kind of a fun thing. And oh, yeah. White Sox fans, of course, they they love drinking and they love like cracking wise on each other and joking around. So that's why we, we started like getting rolling a little bit. Back in the day, we would we would tweet more from the 108 account, like baseball stuff and different things. Now, a lot of times it ends up just being a feed of like, here's the newest content that's out there and less of us, you know, acting like goofs. But back when it was, that's when we kind of started growing that up. And my sex owner got the idea. He's like, if we're going to put it forth and we're going to really do content, 
we got to develop our own personalities out there on Twitter. And that's why we have the separate accounts. And that's why we kind of do our own things out here. But yeah, Vinny, we didn't expect it to be like we're in a commercial for the, the windbreaker jacket for the White Sox. We didn't expect any of that shit to ever materialize true. from it. We just thought this will be fun. And as we got going and people liked it and people interacted, we're like, well, let's do more. We got thoughts on this. Let's let's try this. And so you, you just like it started to snowball. A snowball like just rolling downhill. And we're like. We'll go with it for now. I don't know, though, if if at the age... I'm 45. I don't know if I can keep doing this until I'm... I, like, drink all weekend and then do a hot tub video. And I, I don't know if I can do this until I'm into my 50s. But it sure as hell has been fun so far. Dude, man, it looks like it. I can tell you guys are having fun. That's what it's all about. Well, it's funny. Like, a couple years... I think it was maybe a year and a half ago, I went to one of the, the ballpark tastings at Sox Park. I didn't know you back then, but I think you were there with your daughter. And now I'm like, oh, next time I go, now I'm going to know beef, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely feel free to come through the section. People do it more often on the weekends, but we're almost always there. I mean, we probably attend 70 games a year, something like that. I, I generally miss like the daytime, middle of the week games, but we're usually there otherwise. And, uh, you know, uh, just having a good time, enjoying ourselves. Does it make you happy, though, now when you look on the app? Like if you look on SeatGeek or something, sometimes the prices for like individual are two seats in Section 108, which, like you said, pre you guys was considered like the shitty little corner spot to sit in now sometimes they're significantly more expensive than some of the other seats that are much higher quality we do laugh about that and what we always tell people especially if you know us so let's say uh joe vinnie you guys who come out to the game you want to sit in the section dm me first because someone out of the group might have extra tickets especially on weeknights a lot of times we got extras we just send you our extras don't pay those inflated prices but it's kind of funny like that it's become like a it's the shittiest seat, but it's becoming a premium section on the lower level. It's bizarre to us. It's a meme hey, to sit there, and everybody loves it. That's what it's about, man. <laughs> and Bruhan Luke says you could do this into your 50s, man. <laughs> I just got to take better care of my body. That's all, that's all it is, man. You know, you start getting up there in years, you got to rest a little more. That's all. Your body's a temple, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm gonna. We're not. We don't have a lot of hard baseball questions because they. We'll Good. I don't have honest. a lot of hard answers. Let's be honest. The White Sox. <laughs> the White Sox suck balls, and they're gonna get smoked by the Angels tonight. But we love them deep down. But at the end of the day, how much worse would this team be this season without Luis Robert, Jake Berger, and Lucas Giolito? <laughs> oh, I mean, it, it would be unwatchable. What's kind of funny is is. You know, early on, people were turning on Luis Robert so fast. They were just, like, giving up on the guy. And he had, a rough, he had a rough patch, right? But one, one of the things you got to look at with a guy like that is how many plate appearances does he even have as a major leaguer? And then he seems to have, like, a, a very good idea of how to learn from his mistakes. Like, he'll have a stretch where he swings at everything, and then he figures out what pitchers are trying to do him, and he, and he just smashes the ball. And I kind of could see it coming a little bit because I consider him like one of the highest IQ players I've ever seen just from watching him play defense. The man is almost yeah. never in the wrong position. And I know he's got speed and everything, but he's also a big guy too. So I don't know that it's all speed. I think a lot of it is he either uh, studies up or he has a natural inclination to kind of know this is where I need to be on the field, especially on defense. Like you could really see it if you – Go to a bunch of games, watch him play center, and then the game when they put Clint Frazier in center field, you really miss Luis Robert when watching a, a normal guy try to play center. 
Yeah, the dude's a machine. Uh, it pissed me off when he didn't run to first, and I and I yeah. I boldly predicted on Twitter. I told the White Sox to cut him, and now I look like an absolute fool. So uh, we're gonna forget, <laughs> we're gonna forget about that. So if you saw that tweet, no one heard that. No, no one saw that. Uh, you want to know something funny about it too, though? I Joe was texting. It. Joe was texting our South Burbs Hitman group chat that night. I was at a birthday party. It was April 30th. I'll never forget it. The Devils were playing the Rangers in a playoff game. They got smoked. Luis Robert, they, you know, didn't run to first base. Joe's texting yep. the chat. I'm pissed off. I've had a little bit to drink. I wrote an article that night about tr- potentially trading him. I still, yeah. right now, have people, every single time he hits a home run, <laughs> tweeting a, a common L from Vinny Parisi's one I get all the time. And I'm just <laughs> like, you know what? Luis Robert has basically become like a top five player since I – Wrote Dude. that article after a night of drinking. Like, okay, you motivated him, Vinny. You motivated him. You got him. Yeah, I'm just gonna. He watches this show, and it's my fault. <laughs> Vin, you should direct those hate tweets to me because I got in your ear first, so people should, you know, I'm partially responsible. <laughs> that's right. You, you, yeah, you deserve you some credit, Joe. That's for sure. You very much are partially responsible. I, will I take, do. I will take you up on that. <laughs> I, I deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, and plus, I mean, half of the stuff is directed at both of us anyway, just by association. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they hate Joe. They also hate me. People we don't hate beef yeah. are people. We got two videos for you that we oh, had great. pre-made to present to you on the show right now. And Joe is going to present you with one of the two right now. What's up, beef? Mr. Loaf? I'm on my break at work recording this for you. And I got to tell you something. Listen, you say you're the self-proclaimed menace on Twitter. I I feel like lately I've been challenging you in, for that title. I've been a menace very much. And I think one weekend we should have a menace off. Because I think, I think I'm taking that title. I think I'm the biggest menace. Have fun. Love you as always. But I, I'm a bigger menace than you. Beef. So who's the real menace? <laughs> oh, it's Missy, without a doubt. I, I, my, my menace thing is a joke because I got a couple pictures where my hair is like all messed up and like it's like early in the morning. I just happen to take a little selfie. I'm like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna cause some chaos. Missy's a menace with herself. She is like by herself a menace. I'm more of a menace causing chaos amongst the others. Putting things out in the world that causes other people to get into it with each other. And that's what the one-way tourney is kind of about. And this past weekend, we did the Sunday Soak. We did anonymous questions. I took a few of those questions, threw them out there. Next thing you know, half of Sox Twitter was fighting with each other because of these questions. So I'm more of a menace with the entire group. Whereas I could not menace off with Missy, she would kill me. I, I like I like I, I mentioned earlier, and and the guys are lighting me up in the comments about my old age. I just want to be able to keep up. I I just can't I can't do that stuff. Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm like seventy years old. I'm in my diva ways. I could, there's no way. So uh, hands down, uh, it's Missy when it comes to you know just causing chaos yourself. Yeah, I mean let's be honest, uh, Missy could probably outdrink all of us. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, Vin, do you want to set up our other vid, our video? Yeah. So, Beef, we had two made, and the other person was also in the chat, and they just wanted to send you a quick special message. Okay. Dennis Gabe, Beef Love, is one of the smartest sex fans out there. He's really knowledgeable. He, he brought up the Jake Burger stuff, has production values. He was right. He had put him back in 2017, 18. People often talk about the White Sox rebuilds. 
we kind of talk about Jenny, but progression for a little bit. I, I hit the points, some points. He had some points. You know, good guy. <laughs> My You're man. Good guy. <laughs> You're Gabriel. a good guy, Beef. You're a good guy, Beef. You know what? I appreciate that, that coming from Gabe. Yeah, of course. You know, so you got half the people calling you a menace. You got half the people saying that you're just the greatest person of all time. I happen to lean. I'm like in the middle on that. I think you're like okay. the greatest person of all time, menace. <laughs> appreciate that. Well, yeah, Gabe right now, Gabe, l- lately what he's been in my ear telling me a lot is that he, think and- he thinks Andrew Vaughn's going to turn it around and start hitting for more power. And actually, the power is starting to show up with Andrew Vaughn. Now, we need it more is. of it. We need more of a- everything kind of out of Andrew Vaughn, but... But still, it is starting to come there. So I'm, I'm watching, but that's been his prediction all year is that, uh, you know, Andrew Vaughn is going to uh, enhance the power. So Yes, that's I agree right. with Bruhan Luke that uh, the game needs to do his 108 power rankings. And I think there are a couple other people that should be included in the ranking just besides you three as well. And that kind of leads me to my next question. I've noticed that a bunch of people are common – you know, people who sit in the section, they are part of the content team from time to time. Like I see Brew and Luke all over the yeah. place and you guys get good contribution from Josh Nelson, who I've had on the show. And I, I love talking yeah. baseball. with him. extremely knowledgeable. How did yeah. it come about where other people started kind of like including themselves in this a little bit? And that's got to feel really cool as well. It's funny. You know, there is there is a bit of uh, especially with us and, and Sox Machine. So that's Josh Nelson and Jim Margulis and that group there. We. Probably in about 2018, we did our first like live show together. We did a, a post uh, Sox Fest show back then. We had Bader Brow as a sponsor for 108. With, they gave us like a private room and everything. What we do a lot with them is stuff that where we can pump both of our brands up. So we'll do like uh, road trips together. Like we did a one in Cincinnati this year. Uh, we 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 did uh, we did San Diego and Minneapolis last year, and a couple years ago we did Milwaukee. We'll do stuff together that we think is just mutually beneficial to the groups, kind of pushing that stuff up. So it's nice when we get a chance to work with some of these other groups when they when they have a similar like stake or idea and something that we want to do, and it's like okay, let's work together, and you know it, it's it's better for all of us. With uh with with Bruhan Luke, Bruhan Luke, we we kind of brought him on to do some blogging. My sex number wanted him to come and do some beer blogging uh, initially, but it's it's fun to do a lot more because he actually helped me put together the 108 tourney bracket this year. 108 tourney is one of our uh, biggest times of the year. It's a ton of fucking work to put a bracket together of all the uh, the personalities oh, yeah, of White Sox Twitter and to try to get it right. Like you 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 know you want it you want it to be matchups that are fun, interesting potentially chaotic but you also want the whole group to say yeah that's a good bracket you know they did they didn't snub out uh, certain groups of people or they didn't leave this person out that's uh, like obvious should be in there the group's like yeah that's good it's really hard to do that it's, it's super hard and it's super hard when i've been doing it by myself when i brought luke in to do it with me this year i got so many compliments man this is the best bracket you guys have put together and it's basically all luke's influence of just saying well let's try this let's do this thing and so there, there's a lot of like twists and turns there it's difficult, uh, but I'm appreciative for uh, him having the uh, the same interest as me of putting together this uh, this big chaotic tournament. It's awesome. Yeah, dude. That, that, it's unbelievable every year when you get to watch it go down. And uh, Missy had some, some fun stuff in there this year too, man. Uh, yeah, from a straight content standpoint, like even the people that were got down in the finals were like, she put together the best content uh, kind of throughout. But there were a lot of people who did. And you know what? <laughs> What, what I'm realizing sure. as as we we've been trying to the last few years I've been trying to cut people who are just uh, known but don't follow through on the content side or don't put any effort forth and it's improved the turn turning mightily like way back when we first did it 
we would have like a lot of uh, people on the score, like Chuck Garfine or some of these guys. Nothing against all of them, but they're just not that interested in it. And so while we needed like some of that name notoriety in the beginning, we don't need it anymore. We just want the best, most interesting, fun people to be in it yeah. and have some fun with it. And so that's the direction it's gone in. And the tournament just keeps getting better. And it's it's not us. It's all of the Sox Twitter community is is awesome. And that's that's why the tournament ends up being so much fun. Does winning a round assure your reinvitation the following year? Vinny, you are locked the fuck in. Let me tell you that. You got no concerns. You'll be in the, the media bracket again. No, no, don't you worry about oh, yeah. it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Easy. No. I'll let you know now. The only reason I, I think that's hilarious is because, okay, so the first week I was in, I was against James Fox, outstanding yep. blogger. I follow his stuff all the time. Um, yeah. The following week, and I made a ton of videos for that first that first little portion of the bracket, right? Yeah. Then the second week, beef. I was yeah. first of all, I was down the eight ball early because Celeste Spaghetti made a video of me getting the eaten dragon, by right? the dragon and Shrek, and you know Lord Farquaad was um, um, involved in all that. It was awesome, brilliant stuff. I probably had the worst stomach flu of my entire, and I'm making no excuse. Oh, no, I got killed. I would have gotten killed if I was. <laughs> But I couldn't even give it the old college tribe because I was growing up profusely every time. Like, and I have to get all disgusting on you. But oh, it was no. Legitimately one of the worst days of my life, and I'm not even lying about that. And I got smoked by Celeste Spaghetti. Would you say that day. Celeste caused it? That you were fine when, and then you, the dragon video comes, and then you got, oh, I'm all fucked up, the, and then you got the dragon sick. video. It's the dragon it's, video, right, Joe? It's yeah. got to be. I oh, would yeah. love to blame it on that and give Celeste <laughs> no credit for beating me whatsoever, but it literally it happened in the middle of the night leading up to my matchup, okay. and I woke up in the morning, and I was like, I'm going to get cream today. I'm not making a single video. I think I made one of myself, like, talking into my phone. If you go back and watch it now, you can, like, clearly tell something was wrong but oh man it was so much fun that first one when i was healthy it was just so great i literally can't wait for next year i didn't even pay attention to real march madness this year i just made my bracket and then started paying attention to the what the beef loaf had going on with the 108 tournament as terrible as it sounds we got really lucky the pandemic here because sports shut down right as we were putting the 108 tourney on people were all locked inside and that was the year we got the idea to do like the post game shows now we do them after every single one and it's like a full 15 20 minutes where we talk about whatever the day's action back then it was hold our phone and do a quick video and my sock someone did the first one and he looked like such a goof and people were going off in the comments about how he looked like an idiot and all this stuff we're like we got to do this every day now and so like you don't even know what's gonna birth out of it but we got super lucky that there was no sports and it was like this is the only thing we have to watch man there's no basketball no baseball no nothing that's fantastic. Dude. Can't make that stuff up sometimes. <laughs> it's got to get lucky once in a while, you know? Well, that's how I got, I got lucky with Vinny, man. We uh, we had the show without Vinny, and then we had the Carlos Rodon through his no-hitter, and Vinny came on because he had a show on the network just to talk about it, and it was like, uh, you know, a legend was born. Right <laughs> so it, you're at that like, game was- too, Vinny? You're at the Rodon game? No, no, no. no. I wasn't oh, okay. at the game. I wasn't at the game. Our director at the bar network here, he sent me a text. He's like, you want to go on with the South Burbs Hitman guys? They're doing a reaction to Carlos Rodon's uh, no-hitter. And I was like, uh. yeah, I want to go on and talk about Carlos Rodon's <laughs> no-hitter. I, I would have went on anything. I was so happy I would have went on any show that night. You know, I, Thanks, I, would, talk to them, I would talk to <laughs> them all. And the fact that, no, you didn't even let me finish. I said I would talk to a wall about that Carlos Rodon no-hitter. The fact that I got to come on like a cool show and talk about it and become a part of it, that was really neat. 
That's wild, man. Hell yeah, man. I, I, I know the compliment was coming, Vinny. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> no, for sure. Speaking of compliments, I want to ask Beef Loaf about that dude, My Sock Summer. And that's kind of what ingratiated <laughs> me it. into the 108 crew. Like, I'm not part, like, nothing like some of these other guys, but, like, I feel like I got to know you guys a little bit through that because you asked me to be on Festivus, like, a month later. Yeah. What was going through my sock summer's dumb head when he started attacking me on the blog, <laughs> knowing I can't respond with a blog on fan sided because they'd fire my ass if I were to do something like that. But I had to just respond with my tweets and then say, go Huskies at the end. Cause he's a fellow NIU fan. Yes, absolutely. You know, sometimes we'll get an idea a bug in our head or something. We're like, we're, we're going to try this. Let's, let's give something a try. And so he puts that blog together where he's going to give you hell. And uh, Teresa and I edit it. I mean, we look at it and whatever and like, you sure you want to do this? You sure you want to just go after this dude? We don't really know this dude that well or whatever. He's like, yeah. He goes, I, I think he'll have fun with it. I think he'll, he'll he'll take it the way it should be taken. And so we like we just trust him. We're like, okay, you're not gonna start some shit here. And he didn't. Like you you did take you you took it the right way, Vinny. Like I, I made a I made a meme not that long ago of of James Fox. You were your first round opponent there, and I basically was making fun of him about how he likes teams to tank all the time. You know, like uh, finish with a bottom three record. That's a smart thing to do or whatever. Now, James Fox could get pissed off at me and say, you know, what the fuck beef? Why you do that? But he didn't. He had fun with it and laughed with it. And so like, if you get the right, if you get the right people, you can kind of do a little rivalry that's fun. And, and so we're glad it worked out the way it did. And that's why we invited you back to, uh, to do Festivus. Cause we thought, okay, we, this guy knows how to roll with the punches. Let's get his ass in here. Absolutely. I'm trying to find my response to it. Cause I know I said something. It was probably one of my funnier tweets. I did find one from later on that said happy birthday to my friend my sock summer i love the 108 a lot and i'm a big fan i also know my basic ass was right about the white Sox needing to hit more home runs <laughs> and then i said enjoy a foo fighters track for me today because he says my oh. basic ass would only like the foo fighters because dude doesn't like the foo fighters you don't like foo fighters yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not a fan. <laughs> you don't like the foo fighters finn no i love them my sock summer doesn't he thinks oh, they're like yeah he, he can't thinks stand they're, them. He thinks they're like on the same like wavelength as like Nickelback, where they should be like a meme band. I'm like, Dave Grohl's one of the greatest musicians to ever live. He's yeah, in the Hall of Fame with take. two bands. He's the only person ever to be in a Hall of Fame with two bands separately. Like, dude, bad take by my socks. I'm he's got, he's got, he, he does have some music takes where you're like, you sure about that? And that, <laughs> that is definitely one of them. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well speaking, speaking of things that are uh, Hall of Fame worthy, uh, you guys have not hidden your your love for Star Wars over the years, so I had to sneak in a, a Star Wars question here because Probably Vinny too. and I don't get to talk. Eh, maybe more than one. Uh, <laughs> we don't get to talk Star Wars very much. The socks suck, so we might as well. But I got to ask you, you know what? What is your opinion on the sequels and the prequels? I don't have much of an opinion, but the the real Star Wars nerd out of the group is Trees E. He's got a, a separate Star Wars podcast that we run on the From the 108 oh, uh, a channel that is called From a Southside Point of View, where he and Josh Nelson break down uh, all the newer stuff that's coming out, uh, you know, kind of little series that they've got going on or whatever. I actually don't have a problem with any of the, the sequels or prequels. I've watched a, a bunch of them. Like, obviously, I'm a, of an age where I grew up watching the originals, like that, and, and that was all there was for a long time, so like... Those were like the, you know, some of the greatest movies I'd ever seen as a, as a child. And then 
but having gone back and watched, I mean, I, I, I enjoy, uh, basically all of it. I mean, I don't really have any, I mean, I even went and saw the, um, trying to think I saw one of the ones at the theater in the last few years, like that, that was a kind of a newer release. So I'm, I'm casual fan of this stuff. Treasy would come in here and fight you to the death over certain points uh, on specifics in these movies and in these television shows. You okay, well, my interest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, my Sock Summer was my next one I was going to reach out to just because I hate him. He's yeah. dead last on the list now. We're having Treasy on to talk <laughs> Star Wars Treasy will Star Wars <laughs> you to death. He'll, he'll, he'll love it. <laughs> That's outstanding. Well, uh, some of your best, like most popular merch, the Star Wars themed stuff. Yeah, the, yeah, the South Side. Uh, yeah, so we were laughing about it too. We're like, man, are we, we going to get sued for this? Like, someone noticed. We're like, good, we're just under the radar. We're not, we're not, no problems there. But yeah, a very, a very good song. Our best selling stuff is is that anything that has like the the Batterman logo that you see right behind me here, like that stuff sells well. Um, the, the hashtag one awaiting sold great until everyone basically had a hashtag one awaiting shirt. Now that we can't sell shit for these, the most recent thing that sold pretty well for us is. Um, we started reselling some of our Wave Sucks gear. And uh, Jeff Passon was nice enough to like take a hoodie from us and wear it on some some shit that was on TV, so it certainly helps a little bit. But, yeah, we go through phases. Right now, we're, we're not producing a lot of merch. We're just like not having a lot of creative thoughts on what we want to do and put out there. And you can only put so many Batterman uh, shirts out on the street. I guess they look nice because, you know, the White Sox, uh, that's basically the White Sox logo. And Brooks Boyer, please don't sue us. But, uh, you know, with 108 slapped on it. so Dude, that's what it's all about, man. <laughs> hey, man. It's it's all about. <laughs> not getting sued. I think we all agree that's, that's what it's all about. Bad. Very bad. We don't want to get sued. Uh, that's why we put a little disclaimer <laughs> at the end of – We put a disclaimer at the end of every show. It's like we're putting all this stuff on there for fun. <laughs> fun. No, um, no trouble. We no trouble. <laughs> oh, geez, man. This has been fun. And yeah. I figured we can. Do you want to? What do you got? Vinny, do you want to dive into uh, some of the segmented portion real quick? Or do you got any yeah, more questions? We could get into the segmented portion real quick. I have one more question for Beef Up that kind of has to do with the 108 thing, though. Um, you yeah. did. You mentioned Jeff Passan. And, yeah. you know, I've seen. On Apple TV broadcasts, I think they mentioned all three of you by name while showing the section. And yeah. I think that's freaking sweet. Like, that's how crazy. did the national recognition start? Like, where did that come from? And how did the pass and things start? I know that's like 15 million questions in one, but you kind of understand <laughs> where I'm getting at with it. Well, I mean, okay. So, the so obviously, uh, Jason Benetti is aware of us. So, on the local broadcast, we do get brought up. And, and, and we're, we're friendly with Brooks Boyer and, and some of the people on that side of the business. That's how we end up doing the commercial, et cetera. Um, the, the way we initially kind of got in with the White Sox some is that we, we met with Brooks Boyer a little bit. And when Goose Island was coming on, he had us meet with them. And that's how we kind of had a sponsorship with Goose Island for a while. It was like they wanted to bring Goose Island in as like one of the big sponsors back when they were still with the White Sox, but they wanted a, a known like fan brand to help. And so that we were we were just sitting right there. We were the ones that uh, that uh, stumbled upon it. Benetti also knows me from winning Sox math. I've got seven Sox math wins. So like what I do, I'll do video. When we used to do the videos, I do videos from my hot tub or my cold tub and just sort of like mess with him and Steve. But the national stuff, first off, on the Apple TV broadcast, that's Steven Nelson mentioning us. And so Steven knows us because he's a huge White Sox fan. 
And so we've we've met him before, and he used to be on MLB Network. Now I think he he works primarily with the LA Dodgers. But he's just another like Sox Twitter person who happens to be a professional who does this. And so we've met before and we're friendly, but he is aware of the the culture, basically, if you will, in, in 108. And so I think that's kind of how we got mentioned there. The passing thing goes way back. Well, uh, one night I was tweeting, you know, and I, I made fun of him a little bit on Twitter about he was complaining about getting his suit wet or whatever from champagne in the locker room and so i called him soft or something he blocks me and i didn't know he blocked me another uh nwi steve uh who's out there on twitter he's like dude it looks like you got blocked that's why you can't read the tweet i'm, I'm trying to send you or whatever so i put something out i put a you know a thing out there that passed and blocked me a few anonymous people that had inside with him put in a good word for me and they're like dude don't say don't mention my name but i i know him i put in a good word i said you're you know you're good dude i asked him to unblock whatever so he unblocks me at that point and so it's like okay everything's cool fast forward to the 108 tourney a few years later i my wife took a picture of me where i'm laying flat on the ground on the floor and i'm in like house pants or whatever right and i have the flattest ass of any male human possible like i have the worst <laughs> posterior of anyone on earth puts the picture out there and Passon comes out of nowhere and bodies me and says, nice reverse camel toe. And like my mentions just go like absolutely oh fucking God. insane, right? You know, so over time we built up a bit of a rapport where we, we you know, give each other some shit back and forth. This past year, um, kind of like coming down towards the end of the year, I reached out to him and I actually, I, I invited him to be on the Festivus show. Uh, Vinny, th this, this past year that we just had uh, in 2022. And he said, Beef, you know, I would do this. He goes, but I have no control over what anyone else is saying in this show, and I don't want to get in trouble because of this, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, I understand. I'm, I'm like, and Tree Z's idea he goes, ask him if he'll come on the next week with just us. And so I ask him, will you come on our show? And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. No problem. And like, I, and I, we were shitting bricks. This guy's going to come on, who is Jeff Passon. And I'm, I flew to Austin for, for Christmas, and that was when Southwest, all the flights went away. Oh, and I'm no. flying Southwest, okay? So <laughs> it's like Wednesday night, I'm no flying way. back. And Thursday, we're going to do a thing. I don't have any of my gear, nothing with me down there or whatever. So I'm like, shit, if I want to get back. And sh my, I got lucky. My flight on Wednesday took off on time. I got my ass home. People were rooting against me on Twitter. Like, I hope your flight gets stranded. And they didn't know one knew or whatever. So we, we, don't, we don't advertise it. We don't do nothing. We're like, okay, if the guy shows up, great. We'll do this, you know? And so we go into our normal spiel or whatever, and the time I told him to show up, his little fucking head pops up in the stream yard like, you know, we do these broadcasts down oh, yeah. there in the waiting room. And we were we were looking at each other while we we're doing live, like, holy shit, let's yeah. get this guy on here. So yeah, you don't know. The one of the the one of the great things about Twitter is you can kind of talk to anyone. And if they're interested or they're they're fun, they might talk back. And so we just got kind of lucky that way. That's outstanding. I love that. I love that entire story. I really, really do. That's so great. Cause oh man, I've always wanted to have just pass. You don't even you don't even know I'm a sniffing existence. So the fact that you guys were able to get him on is just so cool. I'm Crazy. so happy. That's so that's amazing. Beef, you you brought up Goose Island, so I have to ask. I, you probably don't. I mean. Yeah. Can you comment on the location of the goose head? Because it's got to be somewhere. It's got to be in someone's <laughs> backyard, building. right? No one will tell me it's not in that building. We were no. It's been moved off premises, from what what we heard. So so oh, man. Uh, goose was out 
and we were still working with them a little bit. We no longer are. They're, they now, uh, they now they work with CHGO now, actually, uh, Goose. So we don't have a, a relationship with them currently. But at the time, they, they had moved off location. And my stock summer was begging them to let us keep it. He wanted to like put it in one of our backyards and just have it there. And he's like... Beef will put it in your backyard. I'm like, fuck that. I ain't got a big enough backyard for that shit. You, you know, you house that thing. I don't want that in my backyard. But yeah, I don't think it's there anymore, Vin. I think they took it off somewhere. But I wish they would display it some someplace, right? It's huge. It's awesome. Like now, nothing against Miller Lite, but that thing is all faceless. It sucks. I, I loved when the goose was there. There are 11 games under 500 since <laughs> that thing left the premises, too. That's bullshit. Yeah. That is complete <laughs> bullshit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. See, tell, tell Brooks Boyer next time you talk to him. I, I had an idea for what they should do with it. Okay. Because now that they got Miller back, yeah, make it summer. Sh- it's got to be Shandy, and you can have an island with canoes and stuff, and that's the move. Don't do a Miller Lite. Sound- Miller Lite makes no sense. The Miller Lite landing, come on. It could be you know, the lining Google landing. There you go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I remember when that happened. You know the socks na 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 account on Twitter. It's like na na a thousand times. He yep, makes I know that guy. <laughs> yeah, he makes memes and stuff. I fell for his. Like he said, it was the new, whatever. It was like the name of a vibrator, and like I fell for it. I I tweeted it, and my buddy Dylan he texts me. He's like. You know that's a vibrator company, right? And you just fell for like one of the funniest memes of all time. And I was like, "What? I'm dumb. I'm just dumb." It happens, you know. Soxwood's good at that. He's he's good at uh, fooling people with memes like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one more thing. What do you guys do in the winter time? Uh, we still do the podcast, but we don't we don't uh, you know we, we don't drink. get together as much. We still get together a little bit, drink at the fire pit or something like that, but not not uh, not as much. You know, take a little time off, rest our livers a little bit during the winter, for sure. All right, Joe, I think we could get it rolling into a couple segments here before we let Beef Love go. Get his opinion on a couple of these things. Yeah, we're we're gonna totally we have a, a segment where we like to talk about Pedro Grafal's performance every week. Um, the last couple of weeks, I, I haven't even wanted to play the intro because I just have nothing to say. But we're going to play it because why the fuck not? Um, <laughs> this week's episode, uh, let's if I could find the freaking video, uh, let's dive in. And this week's Pedro's pen. Beef, we'll, we'll keep it quick here. But uh, thoughts on Pedro Grafal the last week and change. Uh, you know, improving uh, little by little, baby steps. I was I was uh, not impressed with the original Pedro Grafal when he came on when he won the press conference. I thought this guy's just feeding me vanilla jargon, or whatever. He's it looks like he's starting to manage a team like he'd really like to. Not like I feel lucky I got a job, so I got to do everything Rick Hahn would like me to do. Uh, I was encouraged by the other day he took Michael Kopech out of a start early, and lately yeah. at the beginning of the year Pedro was on autopilot. He was going to give every pitcher 95 to 105 pitches and no matter how they were going. And now he seems to be a little more aggressive trying to win these games than he was to start the season. So little by little, but uh, still has a, a lot of like a lot of strange lineup decisions, especially when Jake Berger was hitting a ton. So I'll, I'll give him a thumbs up for the last week plus, but I'm still very skeptical that uh, that he's the man. Well said. Uh, that's kind of how I feel, but this I, I've just been so underwhelmed, and I'm just Pedro. Just seems like a yes man to me. And yeah. I, this week has been better, though. I'll give you that. A little bit, a little bit. That uh, is true. 
Do you, where, where, where were you on Tony? Is he a slight downgrade with, from Tony, would you say? Because me and Joe kind of agree on And I know you saw my tweets last year. I was very critical of Tony LaRusso. All baseball-related things. I think some people yeah. do forget that. I think I hate his guts personally. He's one of the greatest coaches of all time. <laughs> I'm a managers of all time. Like, there's no doubt about it. I do yeah. feel, however, that Pedro has been a slight downgrade so far this year. Yeah, it's 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 tough to tell because uh, we didn't have – like, the, the first month of the season – is a little rough to like make a judgment on him because they, the sure. bullpen couldn't get anyone out, and so like you you kind of are, are going through a stretch. Like you have that real bad losing streak in there. That's materially the difference between their records over the last couple of years. True. Um. And 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 a lot of it was just bullpen collapse. Right now, you know there could be said, well, you could have tried different combinations, yada yada yada. But really, not a lot of guys were getting anyone out to begin with. It's tough. I, I would say probably. Vinny, but mostly just because being a rookie manager is tough. Like I, like there was a lot of oh, uh, Pedro will show up and save the day, and it's like the guy's never managed a day in his life. Like he has not been the manager of a major league team. This is hard. This is a hard adjustment. Hard to get these players to buy in. He never was a, a player, right? And I, I don't think he played in the major league. So like some of the cachet you need to get veterans to buy into stuff. He just didn't have, and so it was gonna. It was gonna take some time. Like we we were trying to look at it like he's gonna make mistakes. You know, you you're getting the Rickon seal of approval in this press conference. Fuck that. You're gonna have to watch the guy and like see how he improves. And I think little by little he's starting to get it. I don't. I don't know if he ever ends up being a, a very good manager or not. And the, the end of Tony was was pretty rough too. Like I, I'm not. I'm not. You know, like I, he he was clearly when he showed up. He was not Hall of Famer Tony. He was end of career Tony, you know? And, and so sure. and it is what it is. He was an old man. I mean, what are you going to do? Like some of the skills regress as you age. It's just inevitable. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to give, uh, I, I gave Tony, uh, you know, open mind the entire time he's here. I'm going to try to give Pedro the same. Um, so I'm not sure is my, is my answer, I guess. That's very fair. I love it. Now we're going to dive into a more fun thought-provoking segment now uh we every week we talk about the players that absolutely shit the bed and we're going to talk about them again in this week's adam dud of the week you suck you suck suck stupid Aussie. no excuse what a dud what a total total dud yeah so we we try to we don't like to pick on guys, but we do pick on guys. Um, there's been a lot of guys to pick from this week, Beef, and we'll, we'll, you, as our guest, you get to go first. Who stands out for you as uh, the Adam Dud of the week? Oh man, that's uh, that's I'll I'll, uh, I'll go with. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't be mean this way. I'll go with Jimmy Lambert. Jimmy Lambert uh, comes off the IL and gets absolutely crushed right away as soon as he comes off. And then gets sent down summarily afterwards. And it's kind of sad because it's like he had started off the year pitching well. Uh, as the season went a little further, he he was struggling. Uh, then he got put on the aisle. I was like, oh, this is a phantom aisle stint or whatever. And and But then they finally bring him back and he gets absolutely murdered his first uh, appearance in there. So I, I feel bad for, uh, uh, for old Jimmy Lambert. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, not his greatest performance. And he wasn't really set up for success either, but... No. Uh, we're going to go down and find his stat line from the last seven days. Uh, not great. He went an inning, gave up three earned runs, three hits, a home run, a walk, and a strikeout. So, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy saw better weeks. Uh, I'll give it to you, B. <laughs> not good. <laughs> not good at all. Uh, Vinny, who you got for your dud? 
Yeah, I'm going to take our friend. I love him very much. I hope we get to talk to him here in the next couple of weeks, but that's Jake Berger. I mean, just the stat line wasn't all that great. Um, he, he always is good for a couple home runs here and there, but, you know, I think he only had the one um, when it was part. Was it part of the back-to-back, or was that two, two weeks ago? I don't even remember. Sometimes these long stretches of 500 baseball, um, they blend together yeah, as Luis Robert Jr. hits a solo home run in the top of the first and gives the White Sox a lead over the Angels with his 22nd home run of the season, which oh, is nice. always nice. But, um, you know, he's certainly not a dud. But, yeah, I'll give it to Berger. It could have been worse this week. I thought the pitching was good. The offense as a whole was a little lethargic, but I'll just give the nod to Jake Berger. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I was going to say Jake, too, but special honorary mention to, to Tim Anderson, who with only eight at-bats still managed to look completely lifeless with this team. Um, I know he's playing hurt or whatever, but – TA, you're just not having it this year, man. It's really hard for me to root for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Friday night on the pickoff play, letting the ball bounce off his glove into the outfield to, to score the first run for the Red Sox, that was, like, super ugly defensively. <laughs> really, really yeah, tough to watch. that was tough. That was really tough. He's trying to nuke his trade value. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope not, but... Um, all right, we'll do one more segment with you, Beef, and we'll let you go. Sounds but- good. We're going to dive into our picks to click for the week. We usually, uh, it's exactly what they do on TV. And we're going to dive into it when I find the segment, which is this week's pick to click. Here we go. So somehow, some way, Vinny, you won last week. I can't wait for Beef to hear this. You I can't just, wait. Wait, for wait listen to this, Beef. So last week, the, the last these guys have had bad success. I, I've somehow managed to win like six times, and it's getting nice. out of hand. I picked Jake <laughs> Berger again, which obviously I lost. And Zim, our other co-host, and Vinny were both like, "Screw it, let's put it the chance." So they put a wheel with all the players' names on it, <laughs> and they spun it. Vinny got Jesse Schultens, who by far was the best out of all the three guys. So Vinny gets the victory <laughs> for picking Jesse Schultens of all people. So that's I'm buying a jersey. I'm buying a jersey. <laughs> should, I'm buying a jersey. <laughs> Love it. And that's uh, funny. our other co-host Steven Zim Zimmerman has joined us just in time for pick to click. Zim, meet Beatloaf. Beefloaf, Beefloaf, meet Zim. Nice to meet you. Great to have you here. I've been listening at, to as much of the show as I can before now, but um. You're a little boring, so I kind of dropped off a little bit. <laughs> I believe it. That's, that's what my co-hosts always tell me, too. So, <laughs> Are you wearing a fedora, Zim? What the fuck are I you I was wearing? told that it's Indiana Jones night, so... That was on Sunday, dude. Well... <laughs> and sorry. One, away, one, away one a day late, though. no problem. We, are, <laughs> we did. We gave it away. We actually gave it away uh, before they gave it away at the stadium. We, got, we had a little nice. advanced copy and gave it away, so that was cool. Nice. Nice. Well, just in time for the the pick to click, Zim, you joined us. But Beef, my wheel's not ready. All right. Well, you get it ready while Beef makes his pick. Um, (laughs) Unless Beef wants to spin the wheel too. No, I'll I'll make a pick. I'll let you guys uh, spin the wheel. You you know, give you a little uh, chance there. All right. I'm gonna go with Eloy Jimenez. Uh, He's the guy. Uh, Like Vinny's saying, the offense has been lethargic. It just hasn't been getting. 
they need him to get going for this thing to get going. Luis Roberts been out as a pistol, but he's really the only one. And the only other guy in this uh, lineup that I really think could get on a heater like that. And, and Eloy was terrific in the second half last year. He's hitting on one leg and he had a 169 WRC plus in the second half. Like he needs to get on a heater like that again. And then this offense will be revived. And then, uh, and then we could buy like I want. I don't want to sell. Let's buy the White Sox buy. Bye, baby. I like it. <laughs> well, the division sucks balls, so anything's possible. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, Vin, you won last week, so you get to go first. Who are you taking? Um, I'm going to – okay. So he took Eloy. I'm yeah. going to do it again. I'm going to think that somehow, some way, this guy feels the need to go out there and put together the best effort he possibly can, knowing that his future – earnings his future success it could kind of be on the line here a little bit i don't know about that totally but i certainly think it could be impacted that's tim anderson you know i i could see him going out there one of these weeks and just lighting it on fire and eventually being like hey that's the tim anderson we know kind of like when we were shitting on Luis robert for all of april and then it's like wait a minute this is the Luis robert that we know i wonder if anderson (laughs) could get back to that he was good before the hanser alberto took out his knee he had a really right. nice first week of the season. I know it's just a yeah. week, but damn, I really think Tim Anderson is still Tim Anderson. You didn't forget how to play baseball. He was an all-star starting shortstop last year. I mean, what happened in a year? I want to see that old Tim Anderson back. Every time Shy Sox fan Mike or one of these guys tweets the video of him uh, hitting the home run to walk off the field of dreams, I'm like, where is that guy? Yeah, we need So let's that. get that guy back. Dude, I like it. But you mentioned it. I mean, he probably did get shit on by a couple people this year, but you know, maybe not on the field. That's beside, that's beside the point. <laughs> Whoa! <Wow. laughs> it was funnier in my head, and then I said it out loud, and I'm like, ah, I'm I mean, getting canceled now. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, Vinny, by the way, Jesse Schulten's Schulten's uh, line for last week: four and a third, zero earned runs, two hits, a walk, and three Ks. So that wins you. Pick the click. Because Santos, Zim's pick was awful, and Jake Berger had his worst week of uh, the season. Uh, Zim, I'll let you go next. Do you have the wheel ready or no? Oh, you're frozen. Very good. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very nice face he's frozen on right now, though, too. Either that or he's just completely fucking with me, and he's just staring right at the camera. Um, all right, I guess I'll go next. <laughs> um, I didn't think this guy was going to fall to me. Um but I'm going to go ahead and take the guy that I told the White Sox to cut many months ago. And Luis, oh yeah, he's gone now. I'm going to take Luis Robert. Why not? Um, Got a nice head not- start. <laughs> oh, jeez. Right? Yeah, uh, we won't for count real. the home run. I say that, but then I will count it. No, it's so got to no count. It counts. Nobody will you remember. should count it. Uh, breaking news. Huge breaking news. news. Oh. Bruhan Luke says Luis Robert Jr. is on his list of awesome people. That's huge. Twitter official, huh? <laughs> Man, Did I scare ben, you guys I, a little bit? Did I for think, a second, I, I think there someone was, like, was, someone was getting traded to the Dodgers? <laughs> it's Tim Anderson. Uh, no, I just anyway. picked him. If I, if I picked Tim Anderson and picked a click and he gets traded to the Dodgers, I firmly believe I deserve credit for those stats if he goes off and, you know, he's got, sure. he's got Mookie Betts hitting around him and Freddie Freeman and all that. Yeah, I, that still counts. Yeah, he'll be all right, I think. I think he'll be all right. Uh, Zim, your computer crashed. You're back. 
Uh, does the wheel work yet or no? Oh, no. I passed on the wheel this week. They're not uh, as terrible. It's a little easier to make some selections this week, actually. All right. Well, <laughs> while, you, while you were gone, I took Luis Robert. Who you got? A, a, a smart man would take Luis Robert. Uh, I think, as we all know, I am not a smart man, and you can look at my pick history to determine that. Um, yeah. As well yeah. as a lot of other things in my history, if I'm being completely honest. Adam Hastley, you get into all that, that one week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, who do we have this week? We have the Angels. We and have, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit to White Sox Weekly. We got the Angels and the A's. Yeah. But I would pick. Uh, I would honestly, honestly, if he was healthy, I'd pick Liam Hendricks. Uh, I like the snapbacks against uh, former teams. Uh, and Liam's one of the guys who's like fiery enough to do that. But unfortunately, uh, he is not. So I'm going to go with Elvis Andrews. He's, on, he's hitting hot. Okay. He's getting hot. He's been like heating up. He's been getting everyday play. Um, if I remember right, he also is a former athletic. So that's also true. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. So yep. My snapback against, you know, former teams stands strong with that revelation. And uh, at any rate, like I say, he's just, he's, he's been getting a lot of good time. Um, either him or Tim Anderson has to start stepping up sooner or later. So, I mean, I guess Vinny and I have it covered there. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty Someone's sure his gotta... career stats against AL West teams are like through the roof too. And you got two of them this week. So, well, he, we'll see what he used happens. To play for, he used to uh, yeah. play for the Rangers. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, tonight doesn't count, right? <laughs> uh, sure. I picked Luis Robert. I'm definitely not going to count. <laughs> right. Um, sure. Because he already I, hit the home run. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. I mentioned, though, we should all pick uh, possums in the in the media room at Oakland Stadium. I don't know if you guys have seen the photos <laughs> the of over that. Under. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's at least three possums. Uh, we had Lamont Pope from the Tribune on with us, and he mentioned uh, the amount of possums over there, which is wild. Uh, but they'll be in Vegas soon anyway, so it doesn't matter. True. <laughs> uh, but Beef, I know we've had you on overtime. Thank you for giving us so much of your time. Before we let you go, why don't you promo yourself, the 108, the Aju, you name it. Oh, the field is yours. <laughs> Thank you, boys. I appreciate it, uh, Vinny, Joe, and, and Zim. Uh, yeah, go to fromthe108.com. That's you can find everything. The uh, the 108 podcast is, uh, streams live on YouTube, 8 p.m. Central Time on Thursday nights. And I do a smaller show called The Aju, in which I generally, uh, it's a one-on-one uh, interview style. That's Monday nights, 6 p.m. Central Time, also on our YouTube channel. Um, I, I have on, I have uh, I had Jim Margulis on earlier today from Sox Machine. I'll have Shane Reardon from 670 The Score next week uh, oh, talking about putting together a radio show. So uh, I have some different uh, guests on there. And our blogs, fromthe108.com, that's where our merch is at as well. And on Twitter, at fromthe108 for the whole group, uh, at Mr. Delicious 13 for me. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate it. Very, beef. very good beef. Yeah, thank, thank you, you enough, so much man. for coming on. Take thank care. you for coming on. Sorry blast. I couldn't be here for more of it. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Zim's memorable. You'll think you'll remember him later anyway. Beef, <laughs> <laughs> have a good night, buddy. Take care. Thanks, guys. Oh my god. Beef is absolutely hilarious, man. And and before we go any further, we're gonna play a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. He can be a pocket passer. Some of the stuff I've, I, again, I, to get ready for tonight, I was re-watching the last half of the season. And I see it. It's there. Like, it needs to be developed and brought out. 
but he is a pocket passer. He's a thrower of the football. And again, he was my QB two coming out. I remain a huge fan of his game. I want to see him get to where he can be because I think he could be special in this league. The athleticism is great and it helps him solve problems and he can help that team win games. But what he can do from the pocket and the potential that's there from the pocket is what's going to make him a great one. Hell yeah, boys. And we are back. Zim's hat even makes him fade into the Death Star in the background with stars. I like it. But hell, again, huge shout out to our guest, Beef Loaf, from the 108. Uh, what a blast, man. That was so much fun. Yeah, I think Beef Loaf is legitimately one of the more fun White Sox Twitter personalities out there. I truly enjoy his content. Um, and I'm not just saying that because he was just on. I literally do. I say that about every single person that comes on. No. So although I feel it's like true. I've said that more than once, um, you know, it's him. And I, I really love Nick Murawski. You remember me saying that about him? And I kind of got to know Nick because Nick was the guest right before me on the Festivus episode of from the 108 that I was on. So I kind of got to know him through those guys as well. And it was just so much fun. I, I really, really enjoyed that interview. Oh, yeah. Zim, did you enjoy it from the other side? Honestly, as much as I was able to listen to it, it was enjoyable. I, I really wasn't able to listen to the whole thing, unfortunately. You know, I'm on dad duty tonight. So, uh, it, you know, ki- kids take first priority. Um, but again, what I was able to listen to was awesome. Uh, Beef is a great personality uh, as right. Elvis Andrews flies out. Dang. Oh, that nice. was Frazier. That was Clint Frazier. Never mind. They, they look totally alike. I know. <laughs> I saw his name in the on deck circle and I thought it meant he was that bad. I'm, I'm <laughs> I, surprised I my eyes aren't going two different directions right now. I'm trying to watch you guys and the game. <laughs> like the meme of that. But guy it's at, yeah, exactly. It's at a commercial now, so it's all good. Uh, honestly, though, Beef is a great personality. Um, I've listened to the 108 podcast for probably. Not this most, I guess it would be three 108 tournaments ago now at this point. Um, you know, probably the same year that we started our show is about the same time I started listening to them. He's great. The Sunday Soak is always entertaining, uh, even if they're not talking about White Sox, which honestly, yeah, maybe about a third of the time. Um, and that's totally okay. Uh, because this Especially team's not this always... Year. Well, yeah, exactly. This team's not always the most interesting. So for them to be able to come up with content in a year as rough as this one and a year as rough as like 2019 or not 19, 2018 was like they're doing stuff right over there. Yeah, and there's and no doubt. Gabe about says it. Tim Anderson sucks, by the way. Thanks, Gabe. <laughs> you know who doesn't suck, Joe? Who? This week's nominees. For the put it on the board player of the week. Ah, oh, look at this fucking guy. Nice. Yes, yes, Vin. What a what a setup, man. I'd I'd forgotten about that segment because we skipped over it with B. That's why I did that because I wanted to make sure we get to it. <laughs> well, Zim, since you just hopped on, why don't you go first? Do you have a nominee for put it on the board player of the week? Uh, I mean, the obvious, Luis Robert, the AL player of the week. I don't think that one's a really hard choice. 
um, four home runs, um, some other stats in there as well. I just know. Here it is. Here it is for you. Uh, and if I remember correctly, he actually broke the White Sox solo home run streak uh, in hitting a two-run bomb. Or was that Eloy who did that? Um, but I mean, the whole the whole team did step up quite a bit at the plate this week. It was very nice to see. You know, just in the stats that you've got highlighted here, you know, obviously Luis Robert at the top with four home runs, but then Vaughn, Eloy, and Elvis all pitching in with home runs as well. That kind of power isn't something we've seen all season long. So it's it's refreshing to see that a little bit. Um, it does worry me long-term, you know, thinking about the, you know, 2010 to 2015 era White Sox where they were totally reliant on the long ball. And if they weren't hitting home runs, they weren't winning ball games. Um, and that was a little frustrating that they couldn't win any other way, but Hey, for this week, it really paid off for Eloy or not Eloy. Sorry. Luis Robert jr. Um, half of his hits are home runs, five RBIs, 20, 20 total bases, only two strikeouts with a 444 average. That is everything you hope for and then some out of your MVP player. And that is exactly what he is. He also reached the 20 home run mark for the first time in his career, which is very significant, uh, especially yeah. when you consider his injury history. Yeah. It means he's, I mean, I'm going to say that it. it means he's probably going to get close to 40 this year. Um, you would hope so. Watch he breaks his leg in the next 10 minutes. Um, Hopefully not, but I, I think he's going to hit 40 this year, boys. And I'm with you. Lou Bob had a hell of a week. I mean, AL Player of the Week, that says about says it all. But I'm yeah. going to give it to Andrew, Andrew Benatendi. This guy has been absolutely on fire. He just continues to get hit after hit. He got 10 hits again this week, bat 385. Um, I mean, he's just getting it done. He scored. I mean, he only scored one run, which is baffling to me that he got on. He had 10 that's, hits that's and he got on base. That's a product of your lineup, not of your ball player. Yep, absolutely. I know. And he had one, only one ribby. So with the guy hitting this good, I mean, they got to consider putting Benny at a different spot in the lineup. I know he's well, been. I was going to say they've, they've been leading him off instead of Tim Anderson. And unfortunately, you know, that's putting him in a, in a tough position because another player isn't performing well, which kind of sucks. But at the same time, he's doing what's asked of him. So, yeah, I mean, the same could be said, Jake Berger. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, with his bad week really left a lot of guys on base. And I mean, we love Jake, don't get me wrong, but his, his productivity this week uh, certainly, certainly killed some uh, performance on, on the offensive side, but um, I, I'm going to give my player, the player of the week to bat attendee Vinny, who are you going to go with? I'm going to go with Andy, Andrew Vaughn. Um, I just thought he's been having a really, really good time so far. And, you know, at least over the last six games since our last show, um, just good production. You know, he's hitting the ball out of the park. You know, he's got three home runs, four RBIs, um, 15 total bases, which is obviously nice. He only trails Luis Robert in that department. The batting average climbs up a little bit. I don't really love batting average, but, you know, the OPS is going to be where it needs to be when you have the um, the home run power that he's exhilarated over the last um, week or so. So I think Andrew Vaughn. He, like Beef said when we were interviewing him, he's starting to show signs of becoming a good player. I think we all know he has the tools to become a great player, and it wasn't a great start to the season for Andy, but I'm liking what I'm seeing so far from him lately. I just hope that eventually he starts to figure out the the more consistent part of the game. 
Yeah, no, I, I hear you there, Vin. And I'm showing signs of encouragement lately. And I think we all know what the reasoning is behind that. I mean, it's because of the excellent giveaway that they had the other day that Zim was alluding to. Um, I'm uploading it so that we can show it on the screen. But Zim, did you did you see the Indiana Vaughn bobblehead? Uh, unfortunately, I did not get a chance to see this before just now. However, that looks incredible. Um, his resemblance to a young, clean-shaven Shia LaBeouf is uncanny. Huh. <laughs> Funny, Zim. For those of you who don't know, in Crystal Skull, it, they set up it to him to be the future of the franchise and did nothing with it because probably because Shia had a little bit too much crazy pills, but hell of an actor, though. And by the way, the new Indiana Jones comes out on Friday in the Dial of Destiny. Um, so I'm looking forward to checking that out. But uh, I may or may not have gotten secured one of those Vaughn bobbleheads. I have an inside source. Um, I'm very excited to see what it looks like in the flesh because they only made 1,500 of them. It was a special ticketed item. Actually, funny story about that is I, uh, I reached out to our buddy Gabe, who might still be listening in the chat. He's usually my guy. I'm like, hey, man, you know anybody that's going to have one of those Vaughn bobbleheads? I'll buy it off him. He goes, Gabe responds back via Twitter. He goes, I want one for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, nice, dude. Sweet. Me too, man. It's all good. <laughs> no worries, man. <laughs> that's it actually was, really funny. It was the best. Uh, so, Gabe, if you're still listening. Well, get two then, man. Gabe. Get two then. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, no worries, dude. Love to hear from anybody else. Let me know. Um, Limited edition bobblehead day. I'm sorry. I think you meant wear cargo shorts to the park day. <laughs> yeah, right. That's funny. But uh, yeah, you had to buy a special ticket to get them. But you know, nothing you can't do with bribing some people. So I, I had a, I had someone, someone, pay thirty bucks for it, and I, I'm paying thirty bucks for it off them. So. Um, Again, I couldn't have got into the park for that. So, yeah, that's I'll, awesome, I'll, man. I know, as a memorabilia collector, those super limited edition ones like are always fun to to snag. And I've got my eye on some Walter Payton memorabilia right now. That um, oh, that is sick. The Giolito pilot, Jedi, a uh, Tie Fighter pilot. Yeah, that's sweet. See, I might not know Star Wars. I know enough to get by. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the average person would not know that. There you go. That's All right, right, I'm proud of myself. A little pat on the back. Oh, I think I strained something. Patting myself on the back. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. The, the, the two, the two you held up, I found a way to get. I was at the the one you're holding, the Los White Sox one, and then yeah. I bought the Lucas Giolito Tie Fighter one off of someone off the street for like twenty bucks one nice. time. I was That's like, I awesome. have to have that. And that fun when stuff like that just randomly pops up, and you're like, "That's that's what I want." Yeah, like, like I, I don't deserve. My buddy, my buddy Gabe got me this one. Uh, he gave me the hookup, and I'm like, "I'll buy it off you, man." So like, and then did I did I play this for you guys? It talks. Oh yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. I'm on. Yeah, sorry, got off on a bobblehead tangent. It kind of happens with me, so. Dude. I could get off on all kinds of tangents just stemming from that. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have all night to sit and talk about that. I believe 
it is time to move on to our next segment, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't know what that is, though, because we kind of went all over the place. Oh, I know what it is. I would <laughs> guess it's probably White Sox Weekly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, kind of why I was like, where are we going next? And Well, <laughs> uh, I'm definitely not stalling as I pull up the schedule, but here we go. Yeah. We might as well dive right on in. So let's take a look. Zim said it before in this week's White Sox Weekly. Yeah, that's right. We're going to look at the schedule coming up. And, hey, we got Cease versus Detmers right now. Sox up 1-0. Is that still the case, Zim? Uh, it sure is. With, uh, let's see, Elvis Andrews at bat, Sebi on deck, and Benny Butt Cheeks in the hole. I pre- no, those, they, that's probably not a nickname I should use with uh, the term in the hole. That was the best thing you said all night. <laughs> <laughs> Benny Butt Cheeks in the hole. Oh, man. We got to get that on a shirt. Well, actually, that would probably be better off at the parade that they were had over the weekend. We could sell them there, but <laughs> yeah, that's a bad joke. <laughs> we're going to forget about that joke. Speaking of which, sorry, we're going to divert for a second. Did you guys see that video of Southpaw at the, at the Pride Parade? Yeah. No, <laughs> I did not. I, I've been not very good on social media this weekend. Uh, I'll have to show it to you because like, I'm not going to lie. I did a double take when I first saw it. I'm like, is this real? <laughs> but uh, it was essentially a sexy shirtless spot, uh, Southpaw dancing, gyrating. It was it was pretty wild. Nice. Um, Get it, Southpaw. Not, not at all what I ever expected. But uh, anyway, it was pretty wild and pretty funny. So good stuff. Oh, and, someone, and someone watching on YouTube liked the show as soon as I said that, and I got a thumbs up as soon as I finished that comment. So whoever you are, thank you. But diving further into the schedule, of course, we got the Angels tonight. Kopech versus Otani tomorrow, Vinny. That's a hell of a matchup. Isn't it just so glorious? I literally can't wait. Kopech versus Otani. This is what baseball fans live for. And maybe people outside of Chicago might not know who – Michael Kopech is, but everybody knows who Shohei Otani is. I hope I hope it's a nice pitcher's duel. I really do. I want to see each guy mow down the other's lineup because, you know, it, it's just what the game needs. You know, you need Otani playing a game against the White Sox with Kopech on the mound, and hopefully they're both able to live up to what we know about them because that has the potential to be a, just a nasty matchup. It certainly does. And then, Zim, we get to go to your favorite on Wednesday, Giolito against Barria, and that's another ESPN Plus game you can only watch on streaming. Don't you love to see that, Zim? Gotta love it. Uh, Really glad, honestly, it's no longer the Kopech versus Otani game that it looked like we were going to get on that Wednesday night game, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, which I very confidently said last week would not get moved out of that spot because ESPN eats up any chance they can get to get them some Otani. Um, and who can blame him, right? The guy is electric. He's phenomenal. And I don't know if you've seen this kid. Um, man, I can't come up with his name. Uh, Castiglione, I want to say, in the College World Series. Who looks oh, like he yeah, could yeah. be the next Otani, man. The guy's throwing 99 and hitting bombs. But uh, at any rate, you know, tune into ESPN to catch a whole lot more of that kind of stuff, <laughs> which is the only place you'll be able to catch this game. How yeah. awesome. And then we get the wonderful afternoon matchup on Thursday. 
Lance Lynn against Sandoval. Um, I expect it to be a, a high-scoring game. Bet the over, whatever it is. Lance Lynn the has boys... been surprisingly good in his last couple of starts, though. Yeah, but look who he's playing. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Otani could have two bombs off him alone, but we'll see. Look, hopefully hopefully Angels... he keeps the momentum. The Angels aren't a particularly scary team. right? They just lost a series to the Colorado Rockies of all teams. They in a series them... that... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they outscored them by 20 runs and lost the series because they scored all those runs in one game. You know, I was just talking about, you know, the White Sox in that 2010 to 2015 stretch where it felt like if they weren't hitting home runs, they weren't winning. But that's how this Angels team is. If guys not named Trout and Otani don't perform, they don't win. And it's that simple. Those two guys, for whatever reason, are not enough to carry this team, except for maybe in that Tuesday game when Otani's pitching because he really is that good of a pitcher. Of a pitcher. Um, but unfortunately, he can't pitch seven days out of the week. So mm-hmm. if you can get on them and you can force them to play from behind a little bit, I think, you know, like they're doing tonight, if you can force them to play from behind for a little bit, uh, you stand a really good shot at beating them. Yeah, it's true. And uh, it's interesting because I lost my chain of thought. You ever have that happen? <laughs> uh, I was about you uh, getting on. I was about to say it's interesting because you've seen all the talk about Otani and, and Trout and, and how this team is amazing. But like Anthony Rendon goes down hurt again. Um, and then the bats go cold. And, they, and like you said, they lose a series to the Rockies. So anything can happen in baseball. Who knows? Maybe the Sox will show up. We got a, game, a, a set of four against the Angels. Then we get to play three against the Oakland A's, uh, who are worse than the White Sox, but always find a way to beat us. Vin, what are we looking for in this series with Oakland? Can we sweep them? You're, you're muted, my friend. Sorry, I bumped it. Um, they can, but I don't know if they will. Like the A's, they're still a major league baseball team. And you asked Beefloaf a question. What would the White Sox be if they didn't have Luis Robert, Jake Berger, or Lucas Giolito this season? And Beefloaf's response was that they would be borderline unwatchable. Well, I think that's what makes Major League Baseball Major League Baseball. The fact that every single team, all 30 teams, have two or three players at minimum that keep them from being unwatchable. And, you know, the Oakland A's are no different. They've won seven in a row at one point this season. The White Sox can't say that. I'm not positive a lot of the top teams. I know the Braves can say that. I know, obviously, the uh, the Cincinnati Reds can say that. There are a couple teams that have won. I think the Cubs have a seven-game winning streak this season. But, like, not every yeah. team can. And the A's did that. And they got themselves out of last place in the whole league for a minute there. They were battling with Kansas City. And we know Kansas City has players that are fun to watch, like Bobby Witt and Salvador Perez and stuff like that. I'm not discounting the A's by any stretch of the imagination. They can win any game. Um, the White Sox should take the series, I would think. And it'd be nice if they swept them. Not saying it's impossible to sweep them. They very well could. But the White Sox haven't been much better than a quote-unquote bad team this season. So... You know, we'll see what happens. I hope they're able to take him down. If Luis Roberts stays hot, you'd figure they'd have a chance. Hell yeah, man. We'll see what happens. Uh, anything, something's got to give, man. We'll find out here real quick. Uh, there's been talk 
Yeah, you know, actually, we're just going to dive right into the next segment. Why not? I, I didn't write it down. I just thought of it off the top of my head. But, hey, we're going to dive on in to this week's Guaranteed Take. Maybe it's the drinks talking, but I'm just flowing this week, boys. Uh, there's been a lot of talk this week about Jake Berger. Um, not from his offensive standpoint of his performance this week, but uh, he said he wants to do the home run derby. So throwing it out there, guys, should Jake Berger be in the home run derby and would it mess up his stroke, if you will, uh, and his everyday at bats? Although right now you could argue that it's already <laughs> a little off balance. Um, I would say they should put Jake Berger in. He's got a story. He's handsome. He's got a, you know, a family. There are all sorts of things that make Jake Berger a compelling story, and those are the things that Major League Baseball likes a lot of the time, and he hits dingers. Um, a lot of the times the home run derby is made best by the guys who can hit the most home runs despite maybe what their numbers look like, which is why a lot of the time um, the home run derby is participated by people who are not all-stars. Like there were a couple years Kyle Schwarber was in the home run derby because he hit dingers, but he was batting like 190 or whatever. You know, sometimes those types of things happen. And Jake Berger is somebody who deserves to be along those lines. And I think the MLB can profit. Oh, one thing I touched on when I said he was handsome and a nice story and he hits dingers. He's also got the last name freaking Berger. They could market that. They can eat cheeseburgers on the sideline. Somebody could sponsor it. There are all sorts of positive things that would come from Jake Berger participating in an event like that. I hope to see it happens. I would argue it would fix his swing. He did a bunch of dingers and go, oh, yeah, that's how to do it. And what you could do, too, is if he is in the home run derby, you know, that would be a year to the date that he was on South Burp Sidman. I find no coincidence whatsoever. And he would win. He would totally win. Hopefully that happens. And then we get him on the show. And if he's not on the all-star team, which he should be there in some capacity, but if he's not, we're going to try to get him on the show anyway, because Jake's a good dude. But Zim, thoughts on Mr. Jake Berger being in the home run derby? Should he, shouldn't he be? If he, even if he's not an all-star, what are your thoughts? Yeah, from a financial standpoint, I absolutely think he should be in the home run derby. Uh, it will get his name into many, many more households. And especially if he wins it, I can cash in on some of these uh, cards that I've been collecting. <laughs> in all reality, though, in all reality, um, it would be awesome to see him as a household name, not for my personal collection's sake. That's staying with me from now until, I don't know, a long time from now, um, regardless of value. And I'm going to throw this out there, guys. The Home Run Derby comes about a week and a half, two weeks before the trade deadline. You yes. get him out there, you get him in front of a national audience, you let the whole world see him smashing balls to Pluto. It's all good. I mean, I think we would all agree. We love Jake Berger. We'd root for him. But, like, if you got an opportunity to be on a good team or another team and be a featured player more so than he is now, I think we would all yeah. be like, sign me up. Yeah, as far as an asset goes for the White Sox, he is a really big one right now, right? Like, we were all talking about Andrew Vaughn, you know, a year ago and whether or not they were going to trade him. And now you kind of can't trade him because who else are you going to put at first base? You have either Burger yeah, or Sheets to put there. <laughs> well, 
I think we've seen enough out of Gavin Sheets this year to say that we'd rather have Andrew Vaughn right now. Sure. And while we might, you know, be able to replace Vaughn's bat with uh, Berger's bat, I think defensively you would still be missing something because Berger's a natural third baseman. It's it's where he came up. He's 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 an infielder, not a first baseman, so to say. Um, and you know, major league players are good. Like they're very good athletes. They can adapt. They can overcome. Um, I have no doubt that he would be able to do that if he did switch positions. But is that really a position you want to put yourself in as a team, as an or as an organization? Sure. No, you'd probably rather get rid of the guy who's sitting behind a guy that you expect to be one of your franchise faces in Yohan Moncada, mm-hmm. despite the fact that he spends about 80 games on the IL every year. Mm-hmm. Um, as for doing the home run derby, though, I, I would love to see him in it. Um, from a personal standpoint, you know, the fact that we've gotten to chat with him a couple times, the fact that we've gotten to to chat with his wife um, beyond that and get to know them as people, not just as a ball player, not just as a media face, but but as individuals, as genuine human beings with their interests and causes that they stand for, uh, that they use their privileges to benefit Um they're awesome people to, to sit down and talk with for an hour at a time. So of course I'm going to be rooting for him and whatever he does. And if that's the home run derby, I would love to see, it. I would love to be able to point at the TV, you know, in a crowded bar and be like, yo, I know that guy I'm rooting for. him." <laughs> yeah, man, I would, I would really enjoy watching it. And then we also usually have a show during the home run derby, but if he's in it, it might even be more fun. And I don't even know if we'd be doing a show if he was in it. But nonetheless, I I can't wait to see what happens there. Hopefully Jake makes it. The only the if, only uh, uh, if he does uh, do it, I will probably find some way to uh simulcast it. Maybe we could do a live broadcast of the South Burbs Hitman at the home run derby of some sort. But that is a big what if when that time comes. If he's in it, you're gonna go. No, no, no. I mean, we'll we'll side by side the broadcast with our show or, or something along those lines. Of course, we would have to find a way to do that. Like I say, that's it would be a whole production. It would be a whole thing. But should he announce that he's doing it, uh, I know that we might be able to find some back channels to get it done. Yeah, if he's doing it, I can probably play a 30-second clip of a dinger. But I, uh, as, as Beef Loaf said earlier, we like not getting sued. <laughs> Correct. Oh, exactly. That's why I'm not. Again, I want to. I want to reiterate. We would. We would have to figure it out. We would have to see if it's even possible. I'm not guaranteeing anything. Logistically, it'd be a nightmare. But if there is a way to do it, this South Burbs hitman just might. Well, and if he's in it, perhaps we can get Ashlyn on too at some point. You know, absolutely. We'll, we'll figure it out. We got. We got a. We got. We're. We're on the inside. We got an inside person now, which is cool. But uh, it's been a hell of a fun show, boys. I know we always we're a little under our usual part of the show before we get the shout outs, but just wanted to throw it around the horn before we do shout outs. If there's anything non sports related you guys want to talk about to get off your chest or if everyone's good. Um, Zim, anything anything off the dome for you this week? Um, I mean, somewhat sports related. Uh, I'm starting to put together my first submission for professional sports authority grading PSA grading, who is a sports uh, authentication company. 
I say professional sports authority. No, they're professional sports authenticators. Excuse me on that. Um, and basically what they do is they grade cards on a scale of one to 10. Nice. Um, you know, 10 obviously being the highest one being the lowest. If you're sending in a PSA one, it better be like a legendary card. We're talking like a Babe Ruth rookie card. Um, sure. That's where your Hannes Wagner cards come from. That's, and still that Hannes Wagner card that sold for millions of dollars at auction was actually a PSA four, just to give you an idea of how broad their range is of one to 10. Um, but yeah, I'm starting to put together a little bit of a submission for that. I got, I got some cool cards here. Um, unfortunately, one of those cards is from a certain quarterback that used to play up North, but Hey, we, uh, we chase the money, not the players, right? Red five, huh? Mm, sure. <laughs> um, However, I, I am going to send in uh, my Jake Berger card for that. Uh, my Jake Berger one of one prodigy card. So hopefully that grades out well. And uh, I've got even more reason to root for the guy. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's been it's been super cool, you know, going through the journey of sports card and memorabilia collecting. You know, I started out with uh, Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon cards excuse me, started to get more into the sports cards world. It's super interesting. Um, some of the guys that I usually buy my cards from, I have spoken with and they are at least interested in coming on the show. So might look forward say, to having them we'll, on. Yeah. We'll have a future sports card show for sure. We, we very well, uh, like I said, could have the guys that I usually confer with. Um, I might even have more guys that I could bring in. Um, but we'll get there when we get there. And Otani just hit a moonshot. Holy Moses. Otani just hit a moonshot off of uh, Dylan C's. That was impressive. He's one of those guys, he hits a home run, and you just know it as soon as he starts swinging. You yeah. don't even have to see him hit the ball to know that he hit a home run. He's <laughs> Dylan C's well, too. I remember two years ago when they faced off um, – where was it? It might even been last year. It was last year. He or no, that's probably wrong. It was definitely two years ago. He was the first player to hit a home run over a hundred miles per hour and throw a pitch over a hundred miles per hour in the same inning or something like that. It was something yep. along those lines, and I remember that being off of Dylan Cease. Yep, it was. Uh, looked like a, a slider. I think just based on the spin, I didn't see what it said, but it looked like a slider that Sebi wanted outside and. Dylan brought it inside, and Otani loves those inside breaking balls. That is for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got the replay on my phone. I'm about to pull it up. Yeah. That was – he's one of those guys. His swing never looks as powerful as it is. But like I said, you know he's going to hit a bomb before he even hits the ball. And it's just wild. Um, but at any rate, yeah, I've got I've got a few uh, cards here for this PSA submission um, that I'm really excited to get sent off. Um, I got an Oscar Colas Winston Salem Dash card. I'll be sending out. Um, as far as baseball goes, I've also got a Corbin Carroll, nice little card that uh, will likely end up being the Rookie of the Year. So, at any rate, um, no, it's all good. There Summer's go. in full swing for us here in Colorado, finally. That's always nice. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, Joe, you're going to see it here. I think it's this next pitch. He, or he hangs that slider over the inside part of the plate, and Otani just mashes it. 
This um, is the only. And by the way, MLB, if you're watching this, we're going to play the home run and we're going to turn this off. So, um, <laughs> of course, I it's hard to queue it up when you're watching a repeat. Um, but I yeah, it really up. is. But well, there you go. We're getting a decent halfway decent. Uh, there we go. Oh, that's not it. It's got to be the next pitch. And if you're watching, if you're listening to the podcast, we're watching yeah. the video of, of Shohei Otani hitting a bomb off seas. And that's not it. No, I guess there was one more pitch in there. I remembered seeing the trout strikeout right before it. Uh, but at any rate, yeah, summer's in full swing. We had a, a lot of rain this year. It's very nice. It finally feels like baseball weather out here. Um, Holy it, Moses. Been, yeah. <laughs> I told you, man, it was what a moonshot. Damn blast. Um, that's what Shohei Otani does. That's exactly what he does. Like I said, it's that inside breaking ball. He just hammers them, hammers them to heaven, and then a little ways. That is also um, Otani's fourth home run against the White Sox this season. Nice. Yes. Maybe he'll it's hit uh, 12. 26 of the year, solidly in first place in the American League, followed uh, closely He's by okay, our own Luis Robert Jr. Um yeah, isn't that wild? Robert's been closing that gap on him in the last week. You know, five home runs in the last week, and Otani uh, is is keeping pace. That's pretty pretty impressive. Hey, we'll see. Hopefully, all good things happen. Uh, before we move on to Vinny for his non baseball talk or whatever he wants to talk about, want to remind our viewers and listeners: next week, July third, the day before the fourth, we have a very special guest joining us on the show. Alyssa Bergamini, in-stadium host for your Chicago White Sox, will be joining us. It's going to be a fun show, talking about everything going on in the stadium the rest of the year. I know Vinny and I can't wait for that Dylan Cease bobblehead. Yes, that is going to be really, really cool. Very excited for that. Speaking of, Vin, I have something for you for next time I see you. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks, man. That's awesome. Oh, I love that. That is outstanding. I knew you would. Oh, I love those kinds of hats. I have one literally right. I can't wear these on the show because the headphones won't fit if I have them on. But I got this one from the Boomers. It's got a Bush Latte logo on it. So you know I love that. Thank you. I saw that. I don't know if you saw my comment on Facebook when you were at that game. Did you see my comment on Facebook on uh, Um, Katie's post? I, you would have it's to. It's all right. I'll, I'll refresh your memory. I said, uh, I said, Vinny's got a bucket hat to, to match every outfit. That is correct. That is correct. Oh, I, I might go Bucky list to that hat to that game then. Hell yeah. Yeah. So that's coming I'll, your way. I'll, I'll give it to you on the 23rd the of August, not July. <laughs> anyway, Vin, what, what do you got for uh, anything non baseball, things you're excited about? Um, yeah, I'm excited for this week's bar down. It's the happens to land on the same day as the 2023 NHL draft. Um, oh, that thing. Um, yeah, that little thing. I'm super stoked for it. Um, it's a generational draft. Like Connor I legitimately Bedard. Connor Bedard. I could legitimately see 20 of the 32 players in the first round, like playing 200 plus games and all being yeah. stars. Like it's that type just- of draft. Like outside of Bedard, you've got like four. Like if it wasn't Connor Bedard, you've got at least four guys that you could be talking about with the number one overall pick, and they would all like legitimately be a good number one overall pick. We're not talking like Bradley Beal versus Derrick Rose. We're talking like 
four dudes who have the potential to be like a Jonathan Taves kind of guy. And it's, it's so interesting to see. It's actually got me interested in hockey for the first time in like a decade. It's so true. I like last year, a kid named Yuri Slavkovsky went first overall to Montreal. This year, I could see there's this Adam Fantilli kid. The Ducks are going to take him second. He would go first in last year's draft. I think Columbus is going to take a kid named Leo Carlson third overall. I think he would go first in last year's draft. There's that Russian kid, Matt Vay-Michkov. He signed a three-year deal with his Russian team, so he can't come over for three years. It's going to make him fall in the draft a little bit. But some team who takes him like fifth or sixth overall is going to insert him at 23 years old on an entry-level deal in three years. It's going to be sick. Do you think he's still going to go that high even with that contract he just signed? I do because I think if he didn't sign that contract, he'd go second or third. Like okay. he'd be, Fair he'd enough. be like he's that good. Uh, the Minnesota Wild waited for Kirill Kaprizov, and he's a hundred point player now. So like, and then like Artemi Panarin came over. He was an undrafted player, but he came over and was a superstar right away with Chicago. Eleven million dollar contract with the Rangers, like just an NHL superstar. It could happen with Mitchkov. I think he's talented enough, and his his underlying prospect numbers suggest he will. So if I was Columbus, I would take him third. But I don't think they're going to go that route. So that leaves San Jose at four. Um, that's where he should absolutely go. But I think he might fall just a little bit beyond that. But then there's like this Zach Benson kid who is going to go in the top five, a kid named Will Smith, not the actor. Um, you know, <laughs> it's twist. just they're not like the five or six people. Yeah, not the catcher either or the reliever. <laughs> um, <laughs> remember Will Smith versus Will Smith in the NLDS a couple years ago? Yeah. Um, but they're literally all five of these guys, six of these guys, however many, they all probably would go number one last year. So it's crazy. The first round talent spills into the second round. So there'll be debates for years. The 2015 draft was similar, but we didn't know it going in, but like, like 20 first rounders that year have played 200 plus games. There are guys in the second round who are making it. And then the 2003 draft. Like Corey Perry, Corey Perry, Ryan Getzlab, Zach Parisi, Mark Andre Fleury, um, Eric Stahl. Like, there's literally like 20 superstars, Hall of Famers that were in that first round. So Buffalo went in like the seventh round of that draft. So like, wow. it's just it. It was a crazy draft, and this year is projecting to kind of be similar. So tune in to Bar Down for more extensive talk on that. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's man. A super interesting year for it, man. Like. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun in the NHL the next like two three years, you know. Especially, yeah. you know, Colorado's really hitting their stride as a team now. Uh, New Jersey is getting better and better every season. Florida came out of nowhere this year. Like, it's, it's like like I said, I've 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 been getting a lot more interested in the last few weeks since the Hawks got that number one pick. Yeah, for sure. And like nobody wants to admit it. But Wayne Gretzky reincarnated and Bobby Orr reincarnated are in the NHL right now, and they're both under 25. Like, Connor McDavid is better than Gretzky. Nobody wants to admit it. He won't have as many points because, like, it's comparing eras and stuff, like stuff like that. Yeah, goalies it's a totally different game. Yeah, yeah. goalies wear, aren't wearing newspapers for pads anymore. Like, they actually wear masks and stuff now. They take up more of the net. They're bigger. They're faster. Um, and Kale McCarr, he's Bobby Orr reincarnated. Nobody wants to admit that either, but he literally is, and he's just – absolutely unbelievable and you add Connor Bedard and Jack Hughes and David Posternock and all these other stars the NHL is loaded with amazing talent so if you're a baseball fan also looking for another sport to latch on to along with football of course football is outstanding as well love me some football um 
it's just a good time right now. Oh, and Vin, how, how amazing was William Carlson at the, the Golden Knights parade? Oh that God. dude was hammered. It was awesome. We've been calling him as a hockey community Wild Bill since the expansion draft for whatever reason. I think it's just because the flowing blonde hair. Like he's, his nickname has just been Wild Bill this whole time. He became Wild Bill at the Golden Knights parade. It was awesome. One of the four original or five original Golden Misfits. So, you know, the, by that, I mean the team that was initially drafted from the expansion draft. Um, just outstanding. Really, really cool. Um, love that guy. Yeah, it was some good entertainment right there. I think my favorite part about hockey players is just like how not intimidating they look outside of their pads. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> these guys like you see football players outside of pads and you're like, man, these guys are still enormous human beings. Like yeah, they are imposing. You see a baseball player like outside of uniform and he's like, yeah, I'm a pro baseball player. You're like, yeah, I can tell you probably eat 10 hot dogs and six beers for dinner every night. Like, but you mash home runs. So nobody cares. Whereas like hockey players are always like, you never know what to expect. You always like for honestly, it's it's the guys at the bar that I don't go to because it's too douchey. <laughs> Those are the hockey I mean, players. They, they got they gotta have they gotta be if, of a mid size to handle the skates on their ankles, man. I mean, yeah, wild. you gotta be like agile enough but strong enough at the same time. It's just it's wild. They've got like gymnast bodies. It's like soccer players. If you guys don't know much about like Taylor Hall, the white the Blackhawks just acquired him earlier today. Yeah, from the Bruins. He, right? Yeah, he is not like a dick. Like, he doesn't give like mean answers or anything in his interviews, but he's also not a complete cyborg like most hockey players are. Yeah, we skated well. We made plays. We just couldn't get the job. That's not Taylor Hall. He breaks things down and he's very candid and thoughtful with the answers he gives to the media. And I kind of can't wait for Chicago people to kind of get a little bit of that because, you know, he won the Hart Trophy with the Devils, the MVP. And, uh, you know, I've always thought he was just a thoughtful person and the way he dissects things is always interesting to me. So it'll be cool to see him play in Chicago. Hell yeah, man. Make sure you guys tune into Bardown on Wednesday and Crosstown Crosstalk on Thursday. Gabriel talking football, I think, is tomorrow. Um, Whatever I'm forgetting, there's a lot of great shows. Mac and Reed, so much great stuff on the network. Make sure you mash that subscribe button at the bottom of the screen. Uh, definitely have that running at the bottom as well. So you guys can be reminded of that uh, in terms of, for me with anything non uh, sports related, I don't know, man, it's just been a sports heavy week for me. Um, nothing wild. I've been trying to play some Diablo four when I get a chance, but uh, the, they got a, they got their servers got attacked yesterday. I don't know if you heard about this Zim and the game was down all day. Um, so nobody could play it. So I was, uh, I had to play Diablo three on my switch instead, which was totally fine. So um, I never no, played Joe, three back in the day. I was going to ask you if, uh, if you saw that Nintendo direct and if you were excited about the new Pikmin mm. game coming out, I'm not a Pikmin guy. I've never really? been a Pikmin guy. Yeah. Pikmin is the one got his switch really games out. Nice. For. There you go. I've the got my switch just, up. Just, just <laughs> two, two, two things that really excite. <laughs> funny eh, look at this hello um it's funny you mentioned that yeah there you go but uh, i was excited about the direct but for two diff- very different reasons Zim, i was very excited for the new remake of super mario rpg coming out this november and then super mario wonder looks really good too so i'm excited for both of those. super mario wonder looks like mario uh is finally feeling the effects of all those mushrooms 
yeah, the <laughs> art style is cool. And then he turns into an elephant and he gets psychedelically high. Uh, it looks like a I got to say, I wasn't I wasn't totally sure like what I was seeing when they first showed the trailer. But um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be really fun. Uh, you know, I'm not much of a Mario fan, but I know that all the Mario fans in my life will be very excited for it as well. So, yeah, the RPG remake, too, I think is going to be awesome. I think it's going to yeah. introduce a whole new um, a whole new era of fans, a whole new generation of fans is the word I'm looking for, uh, to that turn-based RPG-style game. You know, the the Final Fantasy, the, the old-school Final Fantasy style, the, yeah. the Golden Sun kind of games, you know? Yeah, man, it's good stuff, man. I'm excited about it, and uh, I've—I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm—I never played Diablo three, but I got it on sale last week as part of some crazy bundle on the eShop, and the way it performs on the Switch is just unbelievable, um, especially in handheld mode. Yeah, if you don't have Diablo on on your Switch, Zim, for twenty bucks, you can get two and three right now, and that's a hell of a deal. Um, I'm obsessed with both three and four, so. Uh, I wish I had more time to play them. I don't, but that's adulting for you. But uh, yeah, it sure is. But that's it. That's all I got. And uh, bullshit level DefCon five. Bullshit level DefCon five. I have that button for for that, and that means we're at the end of our show. Maybe I'll do that every week now. At the end of the show, it's a good idea. Um, when I when I when it's reached its its wits. But we're going to get to our shout-outs, and then we're going to get out of here. Again, huge thank you to our guest, Beefloaf, from the 108. Absolutely dynamite guest. Talking baseball, talking bullshit, talking drinks, talking about My Sock Summer and Vinny. All fun stuff. Anyway, shout-out time. Uh, Zim, why don't you take us away? Shout-outs to everybody in my life who's been awesome and positive and happy lately. Like it's been a it's been a good little run that we've had over the last few weeks, just generally speaking, nothing in particular to point out. But you know, when life's good, sit back and appreciate it. And shout out to everybody in my life who's been around to uh help me do that. So that's about it. And Zim gives a special shout out to Casa Bonita as well. No, hell no. I'm pissed. Have you seen their prices? It's ridiculous. I have not seen their prices because I'm not from Colorado. They're talking $40 per adult, $25 per kid. And that's if you just want food. That's not drinks. That's not booze. That's not arcade. That's not sopapillas. That's just your meal. Well, if you paid $40 million into it in South Park, Arizona, I'm not surprised. Well, here's the thing. You pay $40 million for it. That's only a million dollars a year for operating costs if you're looking at how long it's been open in the first place. So, now all I'm saying is there was a reason the food was so bad before. And uh, when you see the prices now, you suddenly understand, okay, maybe maybe the shitty food was worth it. <laughs> Welcome to She-Walk. All right, South Park yeah. joke lost on everybody. It's all good, but no, we appreciate it was, the... it was there. I just um I don't know. It was it South, was a she Park... impersonation. Very she. <laughs> Vinny, Vinny's like, Vin... get me out of here. Vinny's over there trying to have a conversation, not realizing he's only talking to himself because he's on mute. <laughs> I literally just while on mute went, fuck you, Kyle. 
<laughs> no, I gotta say shout the, out. <laughs> the new stuff they've done looks fantastic, but the prices do not look nearly as fantastic. That makes sense. Yeah, it is what it is. Thing. Anyway, Vin, what do you got for shout outs? Uh, my girlfriend Katie, I love you very much. Thank you for including me in this wonderful trip to Wisconsin once again. We're here, we're gonna be here celebrating the fourth a little early then we're going to go back to illinois for the actual fourth so that'll be exciting having a fun little you know i always say the fourth of july is like a diet version of that week of thanks oh that week of christmas and then the week of thanksgiving is very similar it's like a diet week like a diet version of the week of christmas where it's like life matters but it doesn't like everything's just kind of like on a break for a whole week for 90 percent of people you know i kind of think the week the week of fourth of july is similar to that like where everybody's just trying to you know everybody still works and stuff i'm not taking away from work that people do and everything it just does it's not as painful to be going through the weekly grind during that one week i think for some people so that's kind of how i look at fourth of july i enjoy it but yeah credit to you know everybody who is in my life as well. I echo Zim sentiments who make it positive. And then thank you to the beef loaf. You know, that was very, very fun. I enjoyed that very much. He's very knowledgeable. He's very friendly. Um, I did my best to do that and the NHL awards at the same time. And I'm excited to get into that as well when it comes to uh, Bard on on Wednesday. So make sure you guys tune in. That's the next time you'll see my ugly face. Ah, It's not ugly, Vinny. And he's like, all right, thanks, buddy. Yeah, speak for yourself, Joe. <laughs> Shout out to Vinny, who's not <laughs> ugly. Um, uh, and Zim, of course, my non-ugly co-host. Uh, shout out to Beef, Beef Loaf, for coming on, giving us a great great show. Uh, really, really friendly guy and looking forward to hanging out with him in a 108 one of these days. Of course, shout out to my beautiful wife, Catherine, my beautiful daughter, Audrey, and my tremendously handsome Great Dane, Maverick who's very excited to have me take him outside after the show. I love you all very much. I'm going to give a special shout out to everyone that was in the chat tonight. It was a very, very active chat. Um, you got Missy, Bruhan, Luke, Gabe. Uh, man, there was so many people from my from the 108. Beef was in there to get it started. Uh, very active. Uh, huge thanks, by the way, to, to both Missy and Gabe for sending videos for Beef Loaf. I very much appreciate that. Uh, that was very funny. And last but not least, a huge shout out to Aldo Gandia, the man with the plan behind the barroom, lets us do this every single week. Uh, was back on uh, Bury Your Souls last week, and that was great. I'm sure there'll be another great one coming up tomorrow. So don't miss that. Mash that subscribe button on the Barroom Network to get notified when we go live with every single show. Follow us all on Twitter at Ballroom Network, at Southburb Sitman, at Joe Mandel, at Vinny Parisi, at Raging Sox Fan, at Raging Bear Fan. And just thank you for letting us do this every single week and for engaging with us. It's so much fun. We can never get enough of it. And uh, for the Southburb Sitman, I'm Joe Mandel. The guy in the jungle background is Vinny Parisi. And the guy from the inside of the Death Star floating in outer space is Steven Zim Zimmerman. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we'll see you next week with uh, with special guest Alyssa Bergamini, in-stadium host for your Chicago White Sox. See you next week. And as always, let's go Sox.